Welcome podcasters, you are listening to another episode of Tell Me Why, a resource for athletes, coaches, and parents in sport. Co-hosted by Dr. Ginny Christerna and U.S. Speed Skating Hall of Fame inductee Patrick Wentland. This podcast is developed as a resource for athletes, parents, coaches, and referees looking to improve player development and performance. Conversations and opinions expressed on the show are not intended as medical or clinical advice. Welcome back, podcasters, to another episode of Tell Me Why. Today, we are discussing maximizing your performance and are you doing everything you can do to become a better high-performance athlete. Joining me again today is my co-host, Dr. Jenny Christerna. Say hi, Jenny. Howdy-doody, everybody. We are I don't gonna, know why I said that. <laughs> it's been a long, <laughs> long day. We are going to dive back in a little bit more. We discussed some of these areas earlier about developing a direction, building a plan so you actually know how to get from point A to B, creating that team around you. We talked about mental training a little bit. We're going to go into a little bit more about the different areas you need to develop to be great at everything. I don't think, and Jenny, this is a good one for you. I don't think that you can be the best of the best without being solid across the board with all the different categories. We're talking rest and recovery. We're talking nutrition, strategies, technique, equipment. You have to have it down. Now, I've heard people talk about, you know, really concentrate on your strengths. Don't worry so much about your weaknesses. I think there's a lot of theory to that, but maybe not so much in sport. I think you can't have a weakness or your weakness can't be that weak. It's got to be up there somewhere right behind your strengths. But I really believe to be the best, to be right up there with the goat himself, him, herself, you have to be solid on everything. You have to be focusing on each one of these categories and make them as best as you possibly can. So I think I hear what you're saying. I think we're going to not agree to disagree, but I think I'm going to say maybe I think you're going to have to hit most of those for sure. Because every sometimes even even a a homeless dog gets lucky and, and finds a bone from time to time. So it's just, I think one of those things where you have to be aware of your weaknesses and you have to have a way to compensate. So you're allowing allowing luck in there, I heard. Oh, a a dash of luck. Absolutely. Because sometimes, you know, if you, if you're trying to go for a hundred percent, that's great. But sometimes, most times you're not going to get a hundred percent. Right. There are days where you will be 100%, but there will probably be more days where you're not. Maybe 90 or 85 or something like that. But to try to be 100%, you wouldn't have a life. And I don't want anybody listening to the podcast thinking, oh, my God, I can't have a life. I got to do all these things. And it's not so much you have to do all those things all of the time. But if you can do these things and make it a habit, introducing them one at a time so it can become a part of your training, you have a better chance of doing most of them, if that makes sense. So I I think that I agree with you, but because we're humans and we're in these meat suits and we have distractions all over the place, I don't know 
how realistic that is, but I think it's a good goal to have. And if we can introduce each of those habits in a way that becomes more normalized over time, like nutrition and bedtime and things like that, then it's not something we have to necessarily think about so much. I'll buy that. And I'll, I'll agree with you. I think honestly, even being a hundred um, percent or calling it perfect, I don't, I agree. I don't even think that's possible. And you may be a hundred percent for today, but that's still not what you could do if you actually got better at it and got better at it and got better at it and keep pushing and keep working at something. I don't think the word perfect even goes in sports. I don't know how you can be perfect. There's always something you could do slightly better, faster, uh, critique to your technique, stronger. There's always, always so perfect or a hundred percent may not work, but I like how you put it striving for that. And, and that's where I'll leave it as a coach and as, as an athlete striving for that hundred percent on a continuous basis, always trying to make something better is yeah. where I would tell every athlete, wherever, whatever level agree. you're at. I completely agree. You know, I think that there are people, and I was looking at some of the things that we listed and some of the things that would be ideal, like equipment, better equipment. And I tell people, I've seen people play soccer on dirt. It makes, because if you have that passion, you're, you're going to make it. And that is a dash of luck because you didn't have all this great stuff, but get the best that you can get and, and use it fully and really be grateful for that. One of the things I would love to see on the maximizing performance for every athlete is gratitude. Be grateful exactly. that you had a chance to play or practice today. Be grateful that you have people who you, with whom you can play and practice with. Because sports in America, of all places, is very expensive. So having athletes have that type of humility and gratitude just mentally and, and just emotionally, I think, better positions them to even be able to do a lot of what we suggest, which is eating well, resting well, recovering, not pushing themselves, knowing their bodies and what their bodies can take and what their bodies cannot, um, being committed to their technique and their strategies and just their training and, and thinking more creative, creatively and being more clever about their sport and, and how they show up and, and creating something that's, you know, has their energetic fingerprint on it. Michael Jordan had them flying through the air from one side of the court to the other. Everybody has their thing, but when you're in the zone, you're more likely to come up with that thing. And I think, you know, just, just doing your best every day and having fun and being grateful that you can even do that. I hate to say it, but a lot of kids in elite sports in America are very entitled. Oh, yeah. Oh, they yeah. don't realize how fortunate they are. Yeah. And that, that's always bugged me. And, and I, I, I want people who are listening to, to be mindful of that. And so well, I find myself, too, that those entitled ones don't typically make it as far. The, the athletes who have that gratitude, the ones that willing to put in the work, not so much the athlete who is handed talent at a younger age and the best equipment and the best coaches and everything kind of comes a little more naturally. By the time everybody else starts catching up to them and passing them, they haven't 
learned how to work at something as, and I'm not saying across the board, that's the way it is. It's not right. But I, I'd say in general, the athlete that grows up a little less entitled, a little more desire and drive determination, having to work his way, his or, his or her way from the top or to the top from the bottom, yeah. they're going to go a little further because they've been forced to learn how to do it. And and here's the thing, and I, I think this is something that ties into this topic quite nicely. I think we may have talked about it when it came to passion, but maximizing performance, just period. This is something for parents, coaches, and for athletes. And it speaks to what you just talked about, Patrick, which is in self-psychology called optimal frustration. Now, oh, the visual. Loving it. <laughs> no. All right. I didn't even think about it. All right. Here we go. All right. So optimal frustration, there's a tension arc. And on one side of the arc are your ideals and your goals. And on the other side of the arc are your talents and abilities. And there has to be some tension there. Not so much where it breaks and not, not enough where there's no challenge. So I bought this by accident, not really realizing this maybe 30 years ago. Ooh. And so, look, now we've seen this. Yep. Guess what I saw when I saw this? What'd you saw? I saw the tension arc. Okay. So here is the person. Here's the athlete, for example. Here is, say, for example, their ideals or, or their goals. This is what I want to be able to achieve and do. And then okay. here is their talents and abilities. Their talents and abilities have to match what they want to do. This is why when we've been talking about, see how it doesn't break or bend and it balances, it doesn't fall. It, it goes from side to side. Some days are good days. Some days are bad days. Some days are for you. Some days are for someone else. And that's okay. As long as you don't break and as long as you don't fall, you just keep moving. And you don't and have so, too much on one side or the other. That's right. Because then you're going to tip over. So it has to be, this is why we were talking about the goals and being able to assess objectively where you really are. Because that's going to determine this. How My goal is this, but I got to build this. I got to develop my talent and ability. But if you're like, I'm going out for the team for MLS and they're like, you don't even qualify. <laughs> this is going to be like that. But if you say, this yeah. is what I have, let me develop this so I can achieve this. Yeah. Now, right. You're going to put that energy and that time into it. Boom. I like so it. That's all I'm saying. I have to visual. Yeah, no, that's, and it's well put together. And that really ties into what we're talking about because you have your dreams and your goals on one side and what are you doing on the other side to get there? And it has to equal out. And that takes us right back to, and I'm going to go back to our 100% thing. Your goal is always going to be 100% or perfection in your sport. And that that includes everything from your physical abilities, your strength, your speed, your conditioning, right down to eating correctly, getting the right amount of sleep and rest and recovery, your mental training, again, having good technique, uh, having good equipment, all those things that we're talking about today. I, I think most athletes will find that they prefer to work on the things that come easier to them. Yes. And they don't think as much about the items that may be a little more difficult or harder for them, and they're not as motivated to do it. So that's a big part of what I want to get to as well is, is realizing what those weaknesses are 
and bringing them up to your strengths. It's going to be a little harder and you're not as motivated to do it, but there's, again, to have that even evenness going to the top with all those abilities, not just I'm fast. That's right. not going to cut it. Right. I need all these other things to get there. I know you got some thinking going on, so I'm going to let you have it. So here, here's the analogy that comes to mind, because I always got to do an analogy so it can stick in people's heads. Here's the analogy. Think about it like this. You want a, a house built, okay? Or you want your room to look a certain way. So you put all the time and attention, say if it's an athlete, they want a house. I mean, they want their room to look a certain way. You put all your attention into one wall, but you don't have the other three walls. You just have a divider wall. That's not fully a room. So yes, you finished this one wall, but now you got to get to the other wall. And then you got to get to the other wall, one foot in front of the other, just like getting through a Chicago blizzard. What comes next? And anybody, and I tell people this, and this is true in sports, and this is even more true in life. Anybody, anybody can do the things they want to do. Successful people do what needs to be done even when they don't want to do them. That right, repeat that one again. Repeat that one again. Anybody can do the things that they want to do. Anybody. Yep. But successful people do the things that need to be done even and especially when they don't want to do them. That is the difference. That is the difference. So if you're eating from the low-hanging fruit, great, fine. But understand, you still have to go up high and pick the rest of the fruit. Doesn't mean the other fruit isn't ripe. So you have to push yourself because you have to continue to develop. You have to continue to build this vision you have for yourself. And it's not just with one wall. You have to build that house. And it has to have a solid foundation, which is the nutrition and the training and, and all that other good stuff. But then you have to reinforce it. Now you, you have to put your plumbing in, your electricity. Like there are all these little things that go into being an athlete. And do you know, Patrick, here's, here's the thing. And, I, and I'm going to be very straight up with everyone. People look at training. They, they exercise and they work out and they train because it's like, I want to play this. And so I have to learn how to do that. That is completely backwards. If you want to do any sport, there is a specific type of training that you have to have that will allow you to do that sport. So it's the training that comes before the playtime. Yep. It is that whole setup. It is the foundation. It is the basement, the crawl space, whatever you call it for a house, the slab of concrete. It is, you're only going to be, your, your ability as an athlete is only going to be as strong as the foundation. It is the training that allows you to play at the top of your game. It is not the other way around. So. Yep. Talking about that, something I do with my athletes every year, season kind of ends, you take some time off and then you get back going again. Every single year, even athletes that were or are top in the world, we go back to the basics every year. Your year goes on, you tend to forget, you get soft on some of the basics, you start making changes, different things happen for whatever reason. You have to go back to the basics. I don't know, I'm not an expert in every single sport, but I would have to bet that just about every top coach out there 
every top athlete would probably tell you, you need to get back to the basics every once in a while and re-perfect those basic moves. You have to be good at them. And you, and for most sports, you have to be good at them before you can get to the next few steps. And when I talk about perfecting those, that's exactly what I mean. The, the more you do it correctly, the easier they get and the more muscle memory comes. The more you do it incorrectly, the harder it is to actually fix it and go back the other way. So I love what you said about getting the basics down. I would highly recommend that to everybody. And I, every year, my athletes are like, oh, do we have to go back to do this again? I just want to race. I just want to go fast. I just want to do this. Like, no, yeah, you want to go fast. You want to go faster. Well, we need to fix your mistakes. And by yep. doing that, we have to go back to ground zero, rework these things and make you better. And it does. It always works. And, and people don't realize that, especially athletes when they're young. It's like when you tell your kid to take a nap when they're crying because they're tired. And they're like, I'm not tired. And they're exhausted. As soon as you make them lay down, they're like out for like 18 hours or something crazy because they were so tired. So, you know, that saying, if it doesn't, if it doesn't work the way you wanted to do what your coach told you to do the first time. Right? <laughs> I, got, yeah, so. I got a sweatshirt that says that actually. That's <laughs> funny. <laughs> Because Abby's like, I know what I need. And this is like, I'm like, you, you know, nothing. Yeah. You know what you know. You know what you know, but you don't know what you don't know. That's why you have a coach. And if you don't trust your coach, that's a problem. Yep. Right. But that, that whole training, it's not just the physical. And that's what I, I want people to really take away from this. This is about your nutrition. This is about your rest and recovery. This is about your mindset, your strategy, your technique, how to take care of your equipment, how to think about your sport and you in it, that's training. It's not just physical, right? And a lot of times people think it's technique or physical, just putting in the time and the hours. It's not. It's about fine-tuning those little hairline things that give you that competitive edge. That's why swimmers, they shave all the hair off their butt. They want every little split second. It's the little things that create first place versus third place. Right. That's a big deal. You know, it's so funny you bring, yeah, you bring that up. I remember when I was a kid and started competing, the, okay, this, all right, it was early. It was back in the seventies. And <laughs> you're a kid you know, in the seventies. This was <laughs> the time where the, the East Germans were, were big and winning and, and was all about strength and power. You know, strength and power. And it was the weight room. And it was train, 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 train as hard as you could. Keep it going. If you can train harder than the next guy, you're going to beat the next guy. And then there is a, the next segment that came around. Okay, let's, let's start training a little smarter. Let's try what it's figuring out what a periodization program is. And I'll get our rest schedules in there and then peak a little bit more and then go a little higher. And they found, okay, actually adding a little rest in there and training less actually helped less volume, maybe again, train a little smarter. And then people started adding in mental training and you start adding psychology. Okay. Start improving that, that changed the whole game a little bit there. So you start out with just strength training. You're, you're getting to train smarter. You think, okay, what can I, I physically train as hard as I can. What else can I do? All right. I can, I can improve myself mentally. All right. I'm getting pretty strong mentally. 
as I remember watching it go through the stages as I was growing up competing and, and coaching. Next thing I remember knowing was nutrition was the next big thing. Athletes were really starting to pay attention to what they were eating, finding out what carbs or energies or sugars give them the best performance, give them the best recovery. And these things are extremely important these days and really fine tuned. And then, you know, last 10, 15 years, it's really been about rest and recovery. So there, there's a lot of apps now out there. I've, I've my athletes uh, use one called whoop, W H O O P, which you wear a little band and it, it monitors your sleep matters, how, monitors how long you slept, how deep you slept, your recovery, how much exertion you did for the day. And it actually will give you a score on based on your exertion, how well you slept, if you actually recovered enough to be a hundred percent for the next day. And it's great. And there's, there's a bunch of different ones out there. This is one, I think it's a little pricey on my end. I, they actually send you the little watch part for free, but you pay 30 bucks a month for a guy, someone who knows their own physical body. You may not need this for, for top level athletes. I'd highly recommend it or one like it. It's those training tools. There, there's ways to improve. So, you know, did I rest enough? Did I recover enough? Did I get enough deep sleep? So your REM sleep, they say, is for your mental recovery. If you worked on technical training in a sport, you're kicking the ball, you're swimming, your technique, you're skating, whatever it is, the training or technique. If you didn't get enough REM sleep, you probably didn't remember or absorb the technical training you did. You got yeah. enough length of sleep. So you actually, your body physically recovered, but because you didn't get your REM sleep, you did not maintain or fully absorb the, the technical work as you did. So they could have been, they just wasted that time. So they, right. so they didn't maximize. Oh, that's cheeky. I like so, that. So when I was working at the Olympic training center coaching, uh, I heard USA swimming had this new program and I forget what the monitor was, but it was something, it was a sleep monitor they put under the mattress that actually checked your motions, actually monitored your heart rate and all this stuff. It was pretty heavy duty for a while. That information got downloaded to the coach's computer every morning. The coach could tell, and this is the national team. I mean, I mean, USA swimming has got it together. They're the cats meow. They, they know what they're doing. So the coach could tell every morning, so-and-so got great sleep. They're well-rested. They can train 90, hundred percent today. So-and-so didn't get sleep that well. They're only gonna be able to train 70, 60% of their workouts got to get changed. Or we did technique work yesterday. They got great REM sleep. They're covered and they can go hard again today. We can do more technique or they got it down. This group over here, they didn't get much REM sleep. We got to go back over that technique work. They didn't get it done. Oh. You're, you're talking about splitting hairs. This is, this is it. And this is what we're talking about today, listeners, because you're not doing everything you can do. Even when you think you're doing everything you can do, there's always something more. And when you go to your big competition, your big game, the one that you've been practicing for all year, and you lose by a split second, by a pound that you could have lifted, by a little bit of speed, by one more grounder that you missed, or a goal you couldn't have scored, or you're out of energy, you always have to look back and like, okay, what what could I have done better? Could I have trained harder? Could I have slept better? Could I have ate better? Could my equipment be better? 
what could I've done? Could I've done a little bit better? I'm going to tell you 99% of the time, yes, there, there, you could have. And I tell people, here's the thing, and I'm sitting here thinking about that app because I have, it's called the Rise app. And it doesn't do all the REM stuff, but it tells me when I have a sleep deficit and tells me when I'm at 75%, which is minimum. And so it took me like two months to get to like a great day, like just 75%. And I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm just thinking, this is why sports is fascinating because there's always a competitive advantage if people keep up with the research and they learn how to use it well Perfect. and appropriately. Because what you're describing, that, that's for somebody who's serious. It doesn't mean it takes a ton of time and energy. It just means that they have a plan. And, and finding a coach that has plans and that this is what they do and they follow up on that, that's gold. I mean, for a coach, no, you didn't take in all of the training yesterday. Let's go back over it again today. That is freaking brilliant. I yeah. love that. Yeah, it's, it's huge. And I've always been really big on not having, being able to look back after a loss or or win, but mostly a loss. It's like, I could have done this better. If I didn't take that week off or, if, you know, yeah. those couple of days where I just wasn't motivated to train and I could have just got a little bit more done. I remember missing the Olympic team myself in, I missed it by about a half of an inch in the last race. It was between oh, me and one other guy coming down from the last spot on the team. Literally, it was about a half inch going to the finish line. And that was a difference between myself and one other guy qualifying for the Olympic team. I had to live, I had to go back and live with that the next four years of uh -huh. looking at that and going, it was the 88 Olympics. That's what it was. It was 88. I had to go back and look at that, constantly be like, what, what could I have done better? And let me tell you, I had a list. I had a list. And this, listeners, this is what, we're getting at today. I don't want you to have to do that. I want you to be thinking as you're going through your daily training, your daily programs, am I doing everything I can to get where I want to go? Maybe you have some really lofty goals. Maybe you don't. Maybe your goal is to, I just want to finish this practice today. And that's great because the other goals will come. But really keep in mind what I'm talking about here. Don't go to the end game, goal, race, whatever it is that you're trying to do and have to look back and say, God, I could have done this a little bit more. If I would have yep. ate a little better, I would have dropped a couple of pounds. If I would have got a little stronger, worked out in the weight room a little harder, don't go there. Don't, don't do what I did. Learn, learn from my mistake and, and fix it. And uh, don't have to look back after your your competition. Man, that that that's worth its weight in gold. I mean, listeners, to hear somebody who one is a Hall of Fame inductee, did I say that right? And and tell you, hey, this is something you have to live with and you don't have to. But that's that that would require you to have willpower and commitment and a strong desire to want to win. I mean, wanting to win that. I mean, a half an inch, Patrick, I'm sitting here and I'm cringing and I'm like, oh, my stomach is turning. And I'm just like, it'd be different if it was like an inch or two, yeah. right? But a half inch, something like that. I can't imagine what that was like. 
And I'm with you. I, I wouldn't want any of our listeners to have that experience. And at least if you lost by a half inch and you did everything you could do, then we could sit with it. It still would be painful. But we are the only ones who know yeah. that we didn't do something or that we cut a corner somewhere. Yeah. And through every day I was working out, I'm thinking I'm doing everything I could, but there was always something else I could have done a little bit harder, a little bit better, or my focus could have been a little bit better. My drive or desire, whatever it was, a yeah. little bit more. You can always. And, and I think another point of this is knowing that your competition, there's always somebody else out there that is doing that extra work. Yeah. And maybe they're just doing one little thing better than you. And it depends, again, where your goals are. What are you going after? Uh, yeah. But there's you're always somebody else out there coming up behind you, already in front of you, that's doing just a little bit more than you are. And you got to do that extra to get there, to catch them or to pass them. And I, and I, I also want to, you know, say, I know we are, we're wrapping up in a, in a, in a minute here, but I also want to tell the listeners, look, Part of mental training is also mental health because sometimes there's something going on with us and we can't. And I never want anyone to think that sports is more important than your mental health, than your emotional wellness. And if that's starting to become a problem, that is also part of mental training. That is also part of performance training, period, because you are the most important person in the world. The world is so much better with everyone in it and at their best and feeling good about themselves. And so I'm listening to Pat and I just am like, resilience is, is so relative. So make emotional wellness and mental health part of your training as well. There's nothing wrong with having a therapist, as you guys know, I am one. And some of the most successful people in business and in television have worked, I've worked with. And there's, and there's nothing wrong with that. That is one of the most normal things that you can do. So please, please do. I love it, Jenny. And I'll add to that and say, uh, your sport activity really needs to be something you love doing and you enjoy. If you're not having fun at it every day, you go out there, if you're not laughing, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. There's something else out there for you. Yes, there's some days where you got to grunt through it and just like, all right, I'd rather be doing something else. No, that's always going to happen. But really to, to be the best of the best, which is kind of why we're here doing this to try and help you guys get to that point. You have to enjoy it. You have to love it. You have to have a smile on your face right through the suck of it. You know, you, you gotta be able to, to like, all right, that hurt like hell, but man, I'm, I'm better. And, and I'm, I'm enjoying this and you're doing it with friends. You're doing it with people you like hanging out with. You have to, you have to be at that point. Otherwise you need to find yourself a different hobby. Yeah. And, and sometimes we go through these phases of we love a sport and then we hate it. That's part of love. It's a love-hate relationship. You, you know when it's time to give up that when you're like, I hate it and I really don't want to go back. Usually people are like, oh, I hate it, but I can't see myself not doing it. And yeah. that's with your career when you go out into the world and you get 
jobs or what have you. You know, there's, I, I love being a therapist. I'm going to do this until the day I die. I'm going to be like 95 years old in my home office somewhere in the garden. My patients are just going to come and we're going to pull weeds or pick flowers or something. I don't know. And um, wisdom. they're what, exactly. Yeah. My therapy is going to look so different by then, I promise you. But I can't see myself not doing this, even though there are days when I'm just like, oh my God, what am I doing? Right. Even during those days, I cannot see myself doing anything else. So when you know you can't see yourself doing anything else, even on the worst day, that's love. That's great, Jenny. And, and we're going to wrap up a little bit like we always do, yes. going back through a little bit of takeaway for athletes, parents, coaches, referees. What What's something they get out today? And, and I think, uh, listeners, we're going to, Go back into this again next week and uh, pick up a few more different areas of maximizing your performance in sport. Uh, so, so stay tuned. But for today, Jenny, what do you what are you thinking uh, you want to share with you pick one or two or three of those four of those categories up to you? I want to say add one at a time. Don't try to add them all. Pick one and build on it and make it a natural habit. If you add too many, you won't do well at any of them. And that defeats the purpose, right? So if you think about it, you guys know I like my analogies. Think about it like a, a hamburger. If you take too big of a bite and you try to swallow it, you'll choke on it. You won't even be able to enjoy it. It doesn't matter how amazingly delicious it is. Small pieces so you can incorporate them naturally, right? So they don't feel like work. And my tidbit for today is don't do what I did. And you, you always will. Everybody will always have, have some point in their life where they didn't reach their goal and they have to look back. And that's how you learn. That's how you go back and figure out, all right, what can I do better? I want you guys, as you're training, as you're developing your programs, your plans, always look at it and say, all right, what, what am I missing? What can I do better? What little aspects in here can I change for a little bit of improvement? And that's all you need to get better. If you can find little bits of improvement in everything you do, if it's your nutrition, if it's an extra 5, 10, 15 minutes of sleep, a little bit better mental training, a um, little harder in the weight room, whatever it is, if you can up it a little bit and fine tune it a little bit, that's already putting you in a great direction. And uh, for parents, for coaches, you guys are the ones watching these athletes. If you see someone who just has that desire to get better, sit down with them, go over their program with them and say, hey, I, I see you really have this motivation. Where's your goal? What's your goal? What do we want to do? And look at it and, and fine tune it. There's, there's always something you can do better. And I wish you guys some luck at that. And with that, Jenny, got anything else to add before we close for today? No, I think that was very concise, Mr. Patrick. Great. All right, guys, as usual, we enjoy your feedback. Feel free to leave us some comments in the comment section there. And uh, we look forward to talking with you next week. Thank you. Bye.